You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. So the intention is for today to be a relatively short day. Um, I just want to recap what I saw from Family Night. I started off, I had the laptop upstairs. I was going through every single tweet, every little like lineup, this, that, or the other, trying to put it in my notes, on a, which on a laptop is really not fun. Very slow process. And I'm trying to do that, and I'm trying to watch the thing on TV, and I just gave up. I closed the laptop, threw it away. So tomorrow I'm going to pour through some of that. I'm going to put it into the notes and just kind of weigh these things out and see where we're at. But again, today I'm just going to focus on um, sort of player by player my, I guess, thoughts. Let's just start with this. Football aside, that's such a cool thing. I, I, I really, I don't know if this was a uniquely awesome event or if I just really appreciated it more, but, um, you know, like when the players brought their little kids out there, that even got my wife to come running into the living room. She, she was just gushing and ooing and awing all over every little baby, Devontae Wyatt's baby and A.J. Dillon's baby with the head just flopping around. <laughs> Gotta support the head, A.J., first time dads man <laughs> those those first kids get a little brain damage but then you figure it out <laughs> they'll be all right but um even getting the fans out trying to throw buckets trying to kick field goals catching the kick return and just seeing you know matt lafleur having such a good time with it cheering for these guys i mean you see the look on his face he really wants these guys to catch him and whatnot um and of course the the fireworks and the laser show which i we just finished me and my family were jumping around in the living room i didn't want to do it but my kids are telling me i had to do it and so i did it we were jumping around like idiots in our living room but you know it's such a fun experience for everybody there and of course it's super cool all the players and coaches can bring their family out on the on the field and i just think every year like how cool as a kid it would be you know i always loved i mean i still do love fireworks but you love watching fireworks as a kid on the 4th of July. Imagine being in the middle of Lambeau Field watching a laser show and everything else, surrounded by, you know, football players and coaches and whatnot. I don't know how much they appreciate it, but it's it's just such a cool thing. So first and foremost, I guess congratulations to the Packers for um, putting together something that's really pretty awesome. 
you know, I was really disappointed, you know, three, four, five years ago, however many it was now, maybe even longer than that, when they kind of did away with, it used to just be offense versus defense. Like it was, it was like a game and I get it. I'm not saying we need to bring that back. I don't need half the team on IR, but it's cool that they've been able to transform that into something that's still, I mean, they are ramping it up. There's more hitting, there's more, um, you know, 11 on 11 stuff. I think that first year they got away with it, man. There was just nothing. They, they just, the camera just went from like, little practice to practice like oh here's the quarterbacks throwing in nets there's a kicker over there kicking it was just it was the most useless disappointing thing ever but they've uh they transformed it into something really fun and again even you know my wife isn't into football my daughters aren't into football they all appreciate this to some degree you know so it's a very cool thing and it's great i just love seeing the stadium filled i i I have to assume not that a lot of people from out of state can see it but you know, for those that do, the highlights that get put on there, how crazy would that be? Can you imagine being a fan of a different team and it's like, what? The stadium's full? What? For a freaking practice, dude? You seen the Bears family night? They don't, I don't forget what they call it. It's not family night. There's like 40 people there. There's nobody there. It's just such a cool thing, man. It's such a cool fan base. Um, I think another unbelievably heartwarming moment was Jordan Love getting cheered by the fan base. It's weird because I didn't really think about how big of a moment that would be because it's like, you know, he's he's been there for a while. We've been rooting for him for a while, but I don't think he's ever been able to stand in the middle middle of the stadium and hear as the as a full stadium full of Packer fans cheer while he's standing there. To be able to feel the fans supporting you and cheering for you and whatnot. It's one thing to understand that you're accepted at least by most of the fan base it's another thing to just hear the roar of the crowd just for you and i thought that was such a cool moment um to be able to galvanize behind him obviously we're all rooting for him hope he can be the next quarterback for the next 15 years or whatever because well i mean for for practical reasons if he's not then we might be in trouble trying to find (laughs) trying to find one one of these days but i mean just for his sake man he's been through so much and we've seen the talent but we've also seen obviously the the inconsistencies and whatnot. So I'm hoping he can kind of find a way to be his own his own guy and, and to make that into something special so we can have another run at a playoff. With I'm just so – it's so cool because you, you get the opportunity to just crush on everybody on the field. Like at first it was – you know, I obsess about Jordan Love. Like everything's – like the, the other quarterbacks, I don't care. I don't care. Get Jordan out there. I want to watch Jordan. I just want to watch Jordan. And then after a while, it's like, dude, Lucas Van Ness is on the field. Like Devontae Wyatt is right there. Sean Ryan is on like do you want to watch him or like you just gonna sit here and obsess about Jordan like if I'm not watching if it's not Jordan and man there's so many guys that were just crushing it um if I were to talk about some of the negatives not even about the players before we even get to the players and don't get me wrong Wayne Larravee and The Rock freaking legends you know the, the the their voices coming over the radio broadcasting games and all that fantastic but I feel like the Packers need to do a better job of coordinating with them because there's stuff going on in the field and nobody's telling us what's going on. Like, wh- wh- what is this? Is this two-minute drill? Is this four-minute? Is this red zone? Is it second down? Is there a clock running? What is happening right now? Like, there's there, there's a penalty. Are they going back 10 yards? Is it now... F- what, 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 what down is it? Down in distance. Give me something to work with here. I don't know what's going on. So I know it's kind of like a, meant to be sort of a laid-back thing, like we're going to interview... Uh, John Eric Sullivan, which is nice and all that, but th- there has to be some kind of like telling me what the heck is going on. And I had to keep opening my laptop and looking on the roster to see who that was. You know, it's, I-, I learned pretty quickly that 18 was Malik Heath because that dude was popping up every five seconds making plays. 
But it's like, say something about what's going on. You know, it was just a touchdown pass. And they're just talking about whatever, you know. So I, I, I'm guessing that was the plan. I mean, you have a list of people you're you're talking to, and you come up with a list of questions, and you don't know what's going to go on on the field, and you have to just get through your thing. But the Packers need to do a better job of working with them and saying, we, we need more commentary about what's going on on the field. Because I, I can't even listen to you and what you're talking about because I'm busy watching this thing. And, and even the camera people, again, it's so laid back. I think at one point we had, like, missed a touchdown because – or I we missed – First down, like they're they're showing the crowd, they're showing the kids dancing, and then I saw somebody catch a pass, and it goes from second to third down. Like, what happened to first down? I get it, the the, the girls dancing out there and whatnot. That's that's cute, that's adorable, but freaking a man. So that would be my one request, right? It's it's they're doing a great job, and I understand they're moving real fast and all that, but you you have a a thing laid out right in front of you, right? That says here's this next step, next step, next step. I'm not saying I need you to project the yellow first down marker out there. You know, you don't have to do all that. I'm sure that's the NFL that does that. The Packers can't really do all that. Probably, maybe, I don't know. But just put a thing, you got a piece of paper, okay, we're doing two-minute drill. And you can chat it up. You know how to do your job, I'm just saying. That would be my thing. Let us know what's going on. Here's what we're doing. Looks like it's second down. All right, fourth down. Now it looks like the second team's going to come out. They're going to get an opportunity to run this again. The goal is to get a first down. If you get a first down or not, doesn't matter. Third team comes up, blah, 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 blah. After this, we're going to be moving to this, that, or the other. That's it. That's all I'm asking for. But all right, I think I think we pretty well covered all the uh, external things. Let, let's, let's go big picture macro view here. The defense, especially first team, kicked the ever-loving crap out of the offense. That isn't to say everything on the offense was bad. Un- unfortunately, I did get somewhat of a more negative view of the offense because it seems like every offensive touchdown happened during a commercial which I'll be honest I'm pretty sure 75% of what I watched was commercials it was it, we we come back we watch one play and then they go back to 45 minutes of commercials it was a little crazy also would be nice to mix up the commercials a little bit anyways whatever but that first team defense man and we could sit here and say well maybe our offensive line is garbage maybe you know our wide receivers suck and just can't get out dude Pretty much all of our quarterbacks, but especially Jordan Love, that pocket collapsed in about 1.4 seconds. So when we get to the part about defensive line and edge, I didn't see everybody, unfortunately. And again, when I pour through some of these notes, I'm going to start to see some of these names pop out. But good Lord, those guys. I'm, 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 I came into this saying, man, I hope Jordan has a good day. I'm leaving this saying, I cannot wait to watch this defense just freaking terrorize people, especially the Chicago Bears. I don't know if we're going to win that game. I don't know what our offense is going to look like. I have no idea. And we'll get a better idea about our defense when we go up against the Bengals and we do preseason games and maybe it's a fluke or whatever. I don't know. But that defense impressed the living crap out of me. Strap City, all that. I feel like everybody on that defensive line is just a freaking monster when it comes to pass rush. Now, Again, from what I saw, for the most part, Jordan was off. Especially early on, every throw was underthrown, overthrown, just not where it needed to be. And then they cut to commercial, and it's like, oh, yeah, there were four touchdowns, three were Jordan Love passes. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, so I'm, I'm, as I scroll through Twitter, I start to see some of the highlights. So there were, there were definitely highlights. But it, it would be like most days, I would say, at least in terms of what we've heard. You know, there's, there's been like one or two really good Jordan Love days, probably two really bad Jordan Love days, and the rest have been kind of 50-50, like some highlights, some lowlights. That was what I felt about Jordan. As far as the other guys, 
I, I, I personally was a fan of Sean Clifford. I thought he looked pretty good. Seemed like he had a little bit more time in the pocket, but if I had to pick a quarterback that seemed like maybe they had the best day, I would probably go Sean Clifford. But again, I missed half of it, so I'm not entirely sure. Uh, running backs are tough. There's not really full contact, so, th- so they kind of run, and, and I would say about half of the plays, there's really nowhere to go. And, and there were a couple defensive players that I'll highlight when we get there that I thought made some great plays in the run game. But it did look like tough sledding out there, which is great for a defense that you worry about their, their run defense abilities. But, you know, A.J. Dillon did have a big, you know, whatever it was. Again, that was on a commercial break for me anyways. I'm guessing we were all synced up. But, um, yeah, Dillon had a big, big, long touchdown. I didn't really notice anything between Tyler Goodson and Patrick Taylor. Unfortunately, Lou Nichols was not out there. I don't exactly know the reason for that. Um, I know for Elton Jenkins, I just saw he was out with an illness. So maybe there's a sickness kind of going through there. I don't know. Sometimes that happens. You got several people dropping out because some flu hits the locker room or whatever. But I didn't personally notice any any major differences. The only thing that kind of stuck out is it seemed like, and I'm not sure, it seemed like Patrick Taylor is still getting first crack at stuff ahead of Tyler Goodson, even though everything in my bones is telling me Tyler Goodson's the guy, just based on his usage. Um, I know Emmanuel Wilson had a good play. I don't even exactly remember what it was, but I know it was one of those like, oh, who the heck is that guy? Oh, that's Emmanuel Wilson. Nice. Uh, I did see Henry Pearson, the fullback, catch a pass. So, bueno. And then uh, wide receivers. I mean, the the big one, I think, today, at least for me, was Malik Heath. Now, he was the guy in OTAs. Then training camp comes, and I don't really hear his name very much. It's mostly Bo Melton, you know, Cody Crest. It's about it. But, man, uh, Randall Cobb 2.0 over here running around with 18 was just carving stuff up. So, big day for Malik Heath, absolutely. Didn't see much about uh, the other guys. I did see Jadakus Bonds a little bit, as far as, you know, the, the guys trying to fight for roster spots. Um, Tay Wicks, I think I only saw him with one incompletion. Samore Ture had a really big play. I think it, I think it was Christian. It might have been Clifford that threw it to him, corner of the end zone, had an opportunity and just dropped it. And then uh, Dobbs, Reed, and Watson. You know, Watson with a really nice touchdown catch i think there was another one that he was open it was just massively underthrown but uh, it was funny on that touchdown pass it kind of felt like they were trying to get the offense some help so they put the number twos out there with with watson because if you noticed it was ballantyne that was on christian watson and i looked at the corner that was covering the other guy and it was another sort of number two so i don't know if they put the number two defense out there because they wanted jordan to go get a touchdown but anyways mismatch threw it up for him christian watson mosses the guy gets a 50 50 ball right over his face uh, Romeo Dobbs did, I think, have one drop that I recall, but had several nice grabs. Jaden Reed had a beautiful catch across the middle. So, I mean, those were the those were the top three guys as far as if you're looking for starters. Again, Samore didn't really show up. Tay Wicks didn't really show much. I think it was, aside from the top three, Malik Heath was the top dog. I thought all the tight ends looked fantastic. Luke Musgrave, in particular, was a man amongst men. I actually saw him in, a, in on one play helping with a block and, and you know, we can say whatever we want about him not being that guy or whatever, but he put everything he had into that and just blasted the guy. Um, again, I don't know how prolific he's going to be, but he's he kind of remind who was that? It was um, was it Sternberger or something? I don't I don't I don't think so. I don't remember. It might have been uh, I don't know. We we had a tight end. Maybe it's just Deguara. I don't know. But the whole thing was like he can't block. He's a receiver. He can't block. It had to be Sternberger. And uh, he took offense to that and, and said he was going to, you know, he was just violent going out there trying to hit people and everything else. And it's like, you know, he's never really going to be a great blocker, but um, no, I mean, he put everything he had into that. 
You love his big frame. I mean, he runs like a wide receiver. I mean, literally, he he has wide receiver speed, and he's such a big guy. Uh, this wasn't even family night. This was a, a another play in, I think, their last practice or whatever. But he's coming across the middle in front of Jair, and, and nobody makes Jair look like a little boy. He made Jair look like a little boy because he's so big. I mean, Jair can't wrap his arms around him. And, and, and the speed is there to where Jair, I mean, he can't just, so I, you know, I mean, it's, it's just a different level with, with Luke Musgrave. Obviously he's going to have a lot to learn. There's going to be a learning curve and he has to get on the same page as love and let, you know, whatever. But that guy, that guy impresses the living heck out of me. Uh, Josiah DeGuara was also out, but I actually really like Tyler Davis. He had some great grabs, some unbelievable blocks. I mean, I, I was impressed with the way he looked and Tucker Craft. Many people, myself included, said that, um, that was probably the best day that we've seen. I mean, I, I again, I saw him in as a blocker. He had a really nice catch. It might have been a touchdown. I don't exactly remember. I know um, Tucker Craft had a touchdown, but no, all three of these guys, they, I mean, they, they're just so big and physical, and it was just such a cool thing to see. Like, you know, with wide receivers, it's kind of mano y mano, and we, and we got some pretty good corners, but it's just a different dynamic when you got those big guys running around. You know, you see these little corners trying to do something and they just get boxed out and there's nothing they can do. All you can do is hit him as hard as you can as soon as he catches it and hope that you can stop him in his tracks and other people will rally and we can bring this freaking bear down trying to like tackle a moose, man. Even Austin Allen, I thought one of the most powerful guys. That was one of those moments he caught it and just blasted somebody midair. I mean, it, it was like a freight train in the air. Somebody tried to hit him and he just knocked him out. I'm like, who the heck was that? I was like, was that Tucker Craft or who was that? It was Austin Allen, and I, I, I don't think I've heard or seen anything much about Austin Allen, but yeah, I, I was just enjoying watching the tight ends, man. They're, they're just big, strong, physical dudes. Um, anyways, why don't we take a quick break? Like I said, I'll probably make this a shorter one. I don't know how much more I'm going to talk about the rest of the guys here, so we'll take a quick break right here. Again, grassfedcooperative.com. They've got some grass-fed beef. If you're interested in that, go check it out. They can deliver it straight to your door. They do offer free shipping. And if you use promo code PACKER10, that's capital P, PACKER10, you get 10% off your order. And it's a nice way of letting them know that I'm helping out. Again, this is a friend of mine who's starting his business, and so I'd like to help him out. So give it a try, see if you enjoy it. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. 
Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So offensive line, I didn't notice a ton. The only two notes that I had personally. Number one, Josh Myers is begging to lose his job. Just begging. There was another botched snap. I saw Andy Herman on Twitter had said that that there was a botched snap in this game. That makes five in camp. I think it was with three different quarterbacks. The center every single time was Josh Myers. I mean, this this is not good. You cannot freaking do that. You're the center. Listen, I, I am content. Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Myers, Runyon, Tom, like, we got it, we're good, and Myers is just begging to, to be taken off. I don't want that to be the case. But I, I'm, I'm just starting to wonder more and more every day, every single botched snap that happens because of Josh Myers, I, I don't know what else to think other than maybe this just isn't the right, the right fit for him. I don't know. I mean, that, that is, that is um, I don't know much about being a center. But I do know that being able to snap the ball is pretty pivotal. I mean, to me, this is like a quarterback who can't do handoffs. Like, he just keeps messing up the exchange. I mean, this is freaking basic here. Come on. Five times in camp, man. What does that equate to in a game? I mean, there's not that many snaps happening in practice. One practice is not the same. I mean, are, are, we, are we up to like one a game, two, two a game? What are we doing? I mean, we know it's not going to be zero throughout the season at this pace. There's going to be a lot of fumbled exchanges. That's unacceptable. Can't have it. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for Myers to take another step. He took a big jump from year one to year two, one of the better pass-blocking centers in football, as I said. He's up there. Year three, right? This is when you got it all figured out. You got the offensive scheme just burned into your brain. You know how to do this. You can do this. I believe in you. Maybe not run blocking so much, but I still believe in you. But it's like, I'm just looking at this going, you know what, maybe next year is a, is, is a center year. Heck, maybe, maybe next year we start looking to spend a little bit of money on, on center. I don't know. But we need a really good offensive line. That is pivotal. Starts in the trenches. We spent a lot of, we've invested a ton in the trenches on the defensive side. We have to make sure with Bakhtiari leaving, we don't start eroding too much. We lose Bakhtiari. We don't have a center. You know, Zach Tom, I don't know if it's like, there's just too many question marks that are making me nervous. I don't want to overreact, but I don't know how else to react to five botched snaps in practice. The only other thing, and I just watched it a couple times, and I'm kind of talking about two people at once here, but I, as soon as I saw that Lucas Van Ness is on the field, I honed in on him. That dude whooped the living crap out of Zach Tom, (laughs) which got me excited um, because, good lord, and maybe I just caught him right at the right time. I watched three or four snaps. But um, as soon as I saw him, I'm like, oh, yeah, Lucas Van, there he is, right on the field. Bang. And, and first of all, you see how big he is. It's also nice he has a helmet on so you can't see his hair. <laughs> I had to make a comment. No, but, I mean, he, he is scary. 
when you see when you see him on the field, and then honestly, like his movement and the power that he has is. Like, as soon as I saw that, I said, "You guys are full of crap." The Packers are full of crap right now. You're telling me Hollins and Inigbare are in front of him? Bull crap. I don't care if he doesn't know the defense. I don't care if he speaks Chinese, dude. He is your starting edge rusher. I don't care. Just say, go get quarterback. That's it. Go get quarterback. That dude is a freaking... I mean, uh, we know, right? Hercules, the whole thing. But man, seeing it is a whole different animal. It really is. And again, maybe Zach Tom just, he can't handle it. I don't know. But I, I just, the, the, to be that size and to be that strong and to be able to move like that, you immediately look at it and go, this guy could absolutely be a star. He could be a bust. But I'm watching this guy move and it's like, that's, I, I, I 100% see why they drafted him. Like, no disrespect to Kingsley and Igbari, But you see him and, and it's just like one of those things where he's, he's just a guy. You know, I mean, he, he's a guy like the guy across from him is a guy, and you hope that your guy can beat that guy. You see Lucas Van Ness, and you're like, there are only a handful of those guys in the world. That's a different kind of guy right there. That guy is scary. He needs to get him one of those, you know, the, the, the big, like, neck brace things, you know, like was pretty popular in the 90s and the 80s and whatnot, the, the big giant shoulder pads. Get him, like, a blacked-out visor. God. Again, maybe Zach Tom whooped him 17 times before I honed in on him. But man, oh man, I, I was, I think, more enamored with Lucas Van Ness than anybody else. Just watching the way, I mean, to see something that size move like that is unbelievable. I, I know I've already said that, but I'm, I'm going to just keep saying it. And I'm, I'm upset that I can't watch it again. And when the preseason comes, I'm just going to stare at Lucas Van Ness for as long as he's out there. Because it, it was just one of those things, too, where it was like, oh, there's Lucas. And I watched him, and he got a sack the first time. Just boom, got him. And then the second time, I don't think it was a sack, but I mean, he, it's just, it's just get out of my way. Third time he like dropped in coverage, but whatever. It, 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 so yeah, super pumped about uh, Lucas Van Ness. Anyways, interior. I didn't notice Kenny much, but I really wasn't watching the trenches a ton, especially early on. But when I did, I swear everybody I looked at, so Lucas Van Ness is one of them. I just picked a guy out. I'm like, oh, there's Wyatt. Every time you look at him, blast the guy in front of him. Devontae Wyatt is an absolute machine, and I cannot wait to go on Twitter and find all the cut-ups of Devontae Wyatt. Freaking monster. And then, Wooden and Brooks. All training camp, we've heard good things about Wooden and Brooks. I saw that there was a tackle in the backfield. You go and look at the back of their jerseys. It says Wooden and Brooks. I saw those guys in the backfield constant. I mean, there's so many plays in the run game as well as in pass rush. Again, you just see the quarterback running for his life, and you're like, you try to take a note of the number. Okay, what number is that? Okay, oh, it's Wooden again. Oh, it's Carl Brooks again. Again, maybe our offensive line just doesn't know how to play football anymore. And, and granted, you lose Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins, that's going to set you back a little bit. But it's, we've been hearing it all camp. It seems impossible, right? I mean... Wyatt's going into his second year. He was kind of so-so last year. Like, he was good as a rookie, but you don't just assume he's going to become a monster. And Wooden and Brooks are mid- and late-round rookies. I don't have expectations for these guys, but I just they just keep talking about them. And you think about it, it's like, yeah, they're, they're just pass rushers. Can they help you against the run? Yeah, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But on the interior, you don't get a lot of, you know, like, basically edge rushers on the inside. I mean, sometimes you do, but it's just a different animal. It's not just, you know, bulk against bulk. It's, there's just too much speed. But man, that, that defensive front, from, from what I noticed, just dominated. And I, I did notice TJ Slayton on a couple, especially against the run. I saw Slayton and Wooden, Slayton and Brooks getting some stops together. Um, 
And again, as far as the edge rushers, I, I didn't see a ton aside from Lucas Van Ness. I think Kingsley and Igbari had a sack at one point. It was sacks all over the place. I, I know uh, Wooden and or Brooks had one. I know Inigbare had one. I know Lucas Van Ness had one. That was all I know about for sure. I think there were probably several more. Um, linebackers I thought were phenomenal. Quay Walker, I didn't see it on TV. He had a pick. Quay looked great. I saw him flying around. I am I am so unbelievably excited about Quay Walker. Quay Walker, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm like getting chills just talking. Let me, Christian Watson... I'm all in on. Like, I, I think he is a special football player. Luke Musgrave, I was not a believer. I am rapidly becoming a believer. We'll see about Tucker Craft. But Luke, I'm all in. Will it happen this year? I don't know. But I, 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 at the very least, I'm, I'm convinced there's going to be moments. It may be like a Christian Watson thing. He may not be, you know, getting as many opportunities. There's going to be some mistakes. But there's going to be some big-time plays that people are going to look at that and go, this guy's guy going to be special. Devontae Wyatt. I am I am over the moon about him. Wooden and Brooks. I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me. It shouldn't be a thing. I can't help but be excited about it. TJ Slayton has been very impressive. Lucas Van Ness has me, you know, gives me chills. Quay Walker is looking just stout, solid. And I'll give you another one, a linebacker, that I have been impressed with. I mean, first of all, all the linebackers, as far as the notes, you know, from training camp and whatnot, have been very positive. But the guy that kept sticking out to me in family night, McDuffie. I, I, I really, really, I mean, I like Eric Wilson too. I think Isaiah McDuffie is a fantastic linebacker. I think we have four solid line. I mean, listen, I'm not saying Isaiah is ready to go be, you know, whatever Quay is about to be, or he's going to be Devondre or whatever. But as a number three slash number four and Eric Wilson, I just, I'm impressed. But I thought McDuffie had a phenomenal day. There were numerous times somebody's running the ball and this linebacker just comes flying in the hole and just lights a guy up. I mean, as much as you can in camp. Two times McDuffie. Uh, I think Tariq had a pick. Didn't notice much else. Um, Jimmy Phillips. I forgot exactly what happened with Jimmy Phillips, but I noticed he popped up once. Um, Corners, Jair, Strap City, man. That was such a pretty... I think it was against Razul, or uh, against Razul, you idiot. Against, uh, it's late, Romeo Dobbs. Just coming across, I mean, as good of a ball as you can get trying to put it there, but he is just, I mean, he's, he, Jair's basically like a, a, a leather suit for Romeo Dobbs. I mean, he is just wrapped on the guy, pops the ball out, does his, you know, sheaths his sword. He's locked in, man. He's ready to go. Valentine and Valentine, I think I picked on a little bit. Uh, they may have had some good times with the, with the number twos and whatnot. I'm not entirely sure. I did see Keyshawn out there making a couple plays. I think the corners are ready to go, you know? I mean, that. I, I'm sure there's some great cornerback groups out there, probably even better than the Packers have, but, I mean, this has to be one of the better ones. I mean, Jair is a legit top 10 corner. And then Razul and Keyshawn, I mean, again, Keyshawn might be a little bit overhyped, but he's a solid guy. He's a hard worker. He's he's going to give it everything he's got. Razul Douglas is a legitimate number two. I mean, he's a solid, I mean, he's, he's a borderline number one, you know, top 32 corner. And then when Stokes comes back, I mean, we, we, we're potentially in some serious business. I mean, if that guy can come back and be legit and we stick Razul in the slot or however we're going to do that, I don't know. I don't care. But, man, um, at safety, Jonathan Owens once again getting the spot with Darnell Savage, potentially edging out Rudy Ford a little bit. I don't think I like that necessarily. I mean, I should. I mean, it's great. I mean, the competition is there. If a guy wins out, I mean, that's a positive thing. He's 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 growing. He's getting better. Also, the gymnast 
you know, and all that. But I mean, may the best man win. Absolutely. I just, I just like Rudy Ford. But other than that, I didn't notice a ton about the safeties. Again, I apologize. I'm, I'm, I'm. Tomorrow, I'm gonna go through all the notes. I'm gonna hammer this all out, and 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 get a better. I'm just giving you as I saw it, and that camera's just bouncing all over the place. And then finally, special teams. Um, big day for Anders Carlson. He has not had a perfect day, I don't think, since since uh, he's been here. There's at least you know two for three is common. He had the one day where he missed like freaking seven or whatever. It was brutal. Um, I don't think he missed a single one. And he, I think at the end, he he slammed through a, 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 I don't know what it was, 50 some odd yarder or something. So, I mean, he was he was on point all day. So that was a big day for him in front of the crowd and everything. So that was awesome. I thought the holding and the snapping, I shouldn't say the holding. I thought the snapping kind of sucked. I saw a lot of high snaps and whatnot, but the holder did a good job getting it down for him. And uh, some of those field goals look close, but getting in is all that matters. And I don't know the exact number. Uh, let me Let me just look it up here. It shouldn't be that hard to find. I guess my computer's not used to being up this late and is just refusing to bring up anything. I don't know what the problem is. Ay-yay. All right, according to some rando on Twitter, Anders Carlson finishes the night 8 of 9 on kicks, including a 51-yard boot to cap off family night. So according to him, he missed one. See if I can confirm that with anybody else. Uh, Mr. Cheeseheads says, Anders Carlson se redeeme da... Samana e termina a noite com seven of eight. Chutes acertados inclusive um de 53 yardas unis unico ero por culpa do snap. So yeah, it sounds about like that's right. Brazilians got it locked down here. Uh, Dara says Anders Carlson good from 51 and 53. So now we got uh, Northern Ireland with the confirmation of the Brazilians. So Packers NATO says seven of eight. One from 51, one from 53. Great day for Anders Carlson. And we'll just end with this. I I found one tweet. Andy Herman says, Love in the two-minute drill. Ball in the 25, first and 10. That's the Packers 25. Well, obviously, it's it's the offense's 25-yard line. Two minutes remaining. Three timeouts, I think, he says. Love to Musgrave over the middle for a huge play up to the opposing 45, 30-yard completion. Second play, love to Watson on a slant in stride for 20 yards. Handoff inside, not much doing. Looks like minus four yards. Either that or it was dash four yards. I don't know. I think it's dash four yards. Then love to Watson. Jump ball over Ballantyne. Nice placement, but amazing catch by Watson. Offense wins the drill with a minute left and didn't use any of their timeouts. Great drill by love. He posted right below that love 11 of 18 on the day now. I don't know exactly what he finished with or if that was his last throw. I don't know. But that would be 11 of 18. So again, I will... I will pour back through and try to see if I can find some better stats on that. But those are my initial thoughts. Um, Again, we're all just kind of watching this, and obviously I've got a ton of family stuff, kids screaming. My son wants to play football while we're trying to watch football, and um, the daughters want me to tickle them, and they're jumping on me, and I had my youngest just decided she thought it would be funny to just slap me in the face the whole time. Probably should have told her not to do that because you don't want her hitting other kids, but I thought it was kind of funny. So she's just smacking me in the face. I'm playing football. I'm trying to watch the TV. I'm checking my laptop to see what the thing is. And middle daughter comes over and decides she wants to just like grab me by the neck. You know, I mean, it's it's hard to pay total attention. And Clayton sends me a text like, hey, man, come link up your stuff. And I'm like, oh, shoot, I forgot. I'm trying to get the laptop and do all that. And my wife hands me a pancake for some reason. Like, here, I made a bunch and the kids aren't eating. I meet a pancake. Like, okay, I guess I'll eat a pancake. So through all the chaos, 
Those are the thoughts that emerge. But please call into Packernet after dark, 608-501-0718. Give me your thoughts on uh, Family Night, what you thought, what you saw. We will continue uh, this discussion tomorrow. You guys have a great rest of your day. We got joint practice coming up. We got preseason coming up. Locked and loaded. Let's go. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.